Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me. This is Raising Poets and Pirates, the podcast for Christian single mothers raising sons. Today, I'm really happy and excited to be interviewing, or as I like to say, to have a conversation with a dear family friend, a brother in Christ, uh, Ryan. And the reason I asked Ryan to chat with me today is that he and his brother were raised by a Christian single mother. And I thought it would be great that we could hear from the perspective of a child raised, well, he's not old now, but children who were raised by Christian single mothers, what their experiences were, what was it like, and it would be a great encouragement to us. I've known Ryan since 2000 and 2000, <laughs> 2011. Yes, 2011. So it's now going on 12 years. And it was great meeting him, his wife and kids. And they have pretty much walked alongside me these many years. I had been a new Christian at that time, a Christian just um, almost two years or a little over two years. And I was looking for a church and I had gone to the church that he and his family were attending. And they were one of the first families to greet me. And we were also part of a cell group. So this has been long time friendship and and I really appreciated Ryan and his wife Janice and how they have encouraged me as a single mother and how they have just been a great influence on my sons. So Ryan, with that introduction, thank you so much for joining me. And um, as always, I like to do an icebreaker. So I have a couple questions right. for you. Okay, First one, go. what's your favorite movie? Lord of the Rings trilogy. What's your favorite book apart from the Bible? Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> With a yeah, shout out to Pilgrim's Progress as well. Yeah, Pilgrim's Progress is a good one too. And if you were on a deserted island and you could only have three things for survival or three things that you could um, own, what would it be? Oh, goodness. Just you alone. Because I know you'd probably say... My kids, my wife, <laughs> just you alone. So we'll we'll make it a little bit more challenging. Oh man, probably um, you know, Island Survival for Dummies. I need that first. Get that book. <laughs> <laughs> island Survival for Dummies. Um, something for your some fresh water, and I don't. Know, I want to. I want to say something electronic, but then I would also need a solar panel to go with it, and then I'm either. Losing the dummies book or the <laughs> so, I don't. Know, I'm trying to optimize. I guess make it as rustic as possible. If you had to think, okay, what I'm presuming yeah. you would say a tool. Yeah, let's go with a machete. Why not? There you go. <laughs> you got to talk into your Caribbean roots. Come on now. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't <laughs> the first thing you said. Yes, the machete. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Very, very deep in the roots. There we go. <laughs> but you can't hide those edges. <laughs> <laughs> So um, let's begin. How old were you when your parents uh, divorced? I was five when they separated and I think eight when they divorced uh, in grade three. Okay. And um, five when when, uh, they were separated, did you have any memories of your parents together? Like that family union? And what was it like? Yeah. Yeah, So it's, it's a lot of fragments, right? From the, you know, the first five years. Um, yeah, um, mostly good. Um, you know, from a kid perspective, right? You know, you're 
hanging out, um, you know, trips to the park with my dad. Um, you know, all, mom used to, you know, pull me out of Montessori school and uh, we just you know, skip a day and go off to the High Park Zoo. Uh, so they were all, yeah, good memories, just little, mostly fragments here and there. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah, sign I'm getting old. <laughs> and I guess I, I know um, we can't speak on behalf of your brother, but the age gap between you and your brother was was significant, wasn't it? Like you may have those memories when your parents were together, but wasn't your brother much younger? How old was he when then if you were five? Yeah, he was just a baby. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was okay. a baby at that point. Um you know, he wouldn't yeah, wouldn't have any of those memories. Mm-hmm. And how old was your mother when she uh was saved? Got saved. Not how old was your mother? Sorry, let me correct that. How old were you when your mother got saved? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't go asking those questions. So. <laughs> uh, I think I was two. Okay. Yeah. And so, pretty much your whole life, you were raised by um, a Christian mom, which is which is great. Mm-hmm. Now, what was it like for you after your parents had separated and then divorced? Did you find it a traumatic experience? Was it brief? Can you just sort of give us a taste of what was going on? Did it, um, was it just like a shock to the system or was the transition somewhat, okay, this is different. Well, just adjust. Yeah. So, you know, five-year-old brain, right? Mm -hmm. So you're, you know, you're not necessarily thinking in, uh, in big picture and, you know, what does this mean for my life or structure? It's, the way it was presented to me was that uh, you know, we were going to be uh, living with my grandparents and my uncle for six months while some things were worked out. And like, this is awesome. I love mm-hmm. Nan and Granddad. Love Uncle Paul. You know, I love staying over at their house. So you know, to be there for six months, wow, I mean, that would be fantastic. So that six months just turned into probably about 10 years for me and I think mm-hmm. 15 years for Mom and Jules. Were you thinking in the beginning, like, this is great, this was temporary, and then you realized maybe it it wasn't? Did your mother ha- ever have the conversation with you and your brother to say, okay, this is this is permanent now? Probably. Um, I don't remember a specific conversation around that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think just, you know, the new reality became evident over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you know, at five, you're not... Yeah, you know, even at six, I mean, you're not wondering about what are the the next twenty years of my life. What's the trajectory of my life going to be like? Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, can I get through school and what's my snack? Yeah, yeah, that's the the you know the world and the time frame that you know, kids at that age exist in. You know, you're right. I was just thinking as you're explaining, yeah, five year old brain. I'm thinking you're probably yeah. thinking, well, I get fruit loose this morning. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's really it. Yeah, even yeah. Even just, you know, coaching little kids in baseball, right? I mean, they can get absolutely hammered in a game, just get blown out. And then as soon as it's over, they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care that we just get destroyed on the field. Give me my Rice Krispie square. Oh, yes. That 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 that, would, that worked for Santiago when he was in um, baseball when he was younger. They'd yeah. lose. He'd be upset. And I'm like, here's the ice cream truck. And then <laughs> well, so, <laughs> life yeah, is so good again. Life is good yeah. again. So have, having that very... You know, kind of narrow, short perspective on times, I think is a real blessing for kids in general. And you know, it's not like this in particular, right? Because you're, mm-hmm. 
And, you know, again, we, we were very blessed to be moving to a good situation with Nana and Granddad and Paul. So uh, it's not like, you know, many times when something like this happens, uh, you know, mom and kids are getting downgraded in their housing situation. They're getting put into uh, a bad economic place. Um, you know, we had some of that, but yeah. So because we moved to uh, you know, Nan and Granddad's house, uh, Paul was there. So I had uh, kind of a big brother who's 10 years older than me there. Um, you know, we had you know, the comforts of a nice house. Uh, Did you, know, you have your own room? Yeah, for a while, uh, Julian and I shared a room, but then I had my own room, then we shared a room again, mm -hmm. and then my own room again. So it was kind of back and forth in that. Um, but yeah, really, I mean, there, there was some of the, some of the awkwardness that comes with, okay, we're now moving into somebody else's house and mm -hmm. trying not to be disruptive and then getting comfortable and then being disruptive and everybody being comfortable with being disruptive. And, right, right, right. And just all of that. But, you know, I think, you know, so often that's not the situation for, you know, a lot of people going through divorce where, you know, mom and kids are, you know, downgraded in their, where their living situation and their economic situation. And there's a lot of hardship attached to that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for, for us, that blow was softened quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see. And during this time, what was the, your relationship with your dad? Like, did you visit often? Uh, was he was he just as present as best as he could, or was there a bit of a gap? What was that like? Uh, I definitely remember there being gaps. Um, you know, at times that he was present. Uh, you know, he was very present and engaged, and you know, but there were there would definitely be gaps with that. And then we, yeah, you know, we went through seasons of you know the every other weekend visits, and yeah, you know, for the most part, enjoyed those. Did you? ever hope for a reconciliation as you got older? I know as a kid, that's not on your mind, but did that ever stay on your heart, linger? Do you often wonder, you know, why does this have to be? Yeah, I prayed often for a long time for that. And then over the course of time, you know, it came to the understanding that not only was it not likely, that it probably wasn't wise, mm -hmm. uh, just given the situation. And you know, it's a good process, progress of going from, okay, I want this to, but God, I'm going to trust you with this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what, you know, what we want is not always what he ordains is best for us, but it's, uh, it's an exercise in aligning you know, our desires with his will. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I realized that at the time, but, you know, it's one of those things you look back on, you're like, oh God, you were doing a thing there. Right, right. <laughs> didn't really, didn't really see that or feel that at the time, but you know, really benefit from it later on. Mm -hmm. And during your upbringing, how did your mother um, instill godly biblical values? How, and you can even also include like the family around you, even uh, your uncle. Like, how, how would, how did that look like? What did she do? Um, did you go? You went to church regularly because you said your mother mm -hmm. became a Christian. Yeah. Um, what What was that like, and how did she try to share the gospel and impart biblical wisdom to you in, in your parenting? Yeah. So yeah, we were you know, very regular at church. You know, in yes, in Sunday school, you know, our church didn't have kids sit through the service. So you know, we'd be in for a few minutes and then off to Sunday school. Even you know, into older years, 
But just making sure that we were you know, regularly steeped in that. I won't say the teaching was you know particularly you know deep or yeah you know, theologically sound even, but you know, it, it was a case of okay, we're just you're just constantly in Bible stories and mm-hmm. you know basic good theology at least, and you know just shaping those early years around that. And okay, so this is what we believe. This is who we believe in. Um, yeah, I think that was that was essential. And so there were, you know, there were some conversations, but it was also just, okay, this is life. This is, um, you know, the family environment. Um, you know, my Nana is an incredibly godly woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, that, you know, deep, deep love and trust in her God. Uh, she, you know, loved was listening to hymns and music, um, you know, Chuck Swindoll, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, when Paul went off to masters, uh, we had, we would get tapes home of their, uh, chapel services. So, you know, I'd go to bed at night listening to John MacArthur's chapel services, eighties. Mm-hmm. Did he still sound the same back then? That voice, that distinct voice? Um, yeah, he, he was definitely a distinct voice, but you know, there's a couple decades added on now. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> now with um how were you and you can you can uh mm-hmm. share if it's like what your mother may have done or just where were you able to get sort of that um godly masculine influence or a way to, you know, turning into a man? Is there anything that stood out? Um I mean you said your father it was sporadic. There were gaps. And so did you ever, looking back, maybe at the time it didn't cross your mind, but was there ever something missing in terms of that masculine influence for me, like mm. wanting a yeah. father figure? I think so. But at the same time, um, as it, you know, we, you know, we had a buffered landing. Mm-hmm. Right? So, uh, yeah, I mentioned my grandmother being a very godly woman. My grandfather was not a believer, but he was a very morally good man. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he worked hard. He ran his own business. He was generous. Uh, he was loving to his family. Uh, so there was a lot of just good character traits to pick up there and that you could see modeled. Um, and, you know, a lot that inspired me even in, uh, in running my own business now. Um, yeah, one of the things granddad was able to do with his business was employ people from the church. If there were people that needed jobs, uh, he would you know, often find a way to squeeze them in, generally were a delivery or something, and mm-hmm. be able to just be a blessing to them that way. And yeah, you know, that's always been an ambition for me to you know get our business to that point where it's you can add somebody because you want to, not just because when you need to. Right. And, Right, and be able to you know support people in that way, and so yeah, it was very yeah, you know, very blessed to have just that example of a you know, man living a good moral life in mm-hmm. so many ways. No, that's that's great to hear. And did and, uh, he? No, Paul Paul was all right too. <laughs> For those who don't know, Paul is is his uncle who's also he's a pastor. <laughs> so that little playful ribbing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So and so, yeah. What role did your did Paul, your uncle, have in your life? Because he's you said he went off to seminary. So was mm. he sort of like the big brother that would I don't know, do sports, hang out, or you know, wrestle with you and your brother? Uh, yeah, I'm sure there was a bit of wrestling. I don't remember too much wrestling. Um, 
he was definitely the big brother that um, you know itemized our Lego when we pooled our pools. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. He, yeah, it was before spreadsheets, but he made a list of yeah you know, every block that I was contributing to the pile, and <laughs> just in case we needed to separate them. But no, he was yeah again ten years older, right? So he's yeah a teenager um, the time I move in. So he's yeah the cool guy with cool friends mm -hmm. uh, who's better at Lego and uh, he's you know, a fun guy, a musician. So lots to look up to there. And then as he got older, I really appreciated um, yeah, as he you know got into his twenties, um, taking more of you know, that kind of direct and sometimes probing influence, right? Mm -hmm. Sit down, ask hard questions, um, have a serious conversation here and there and you'll still be the super fun uncle. Right, right. So yeah, they were. You know, there were a few times where you know we're talking, but okay, you really need to think about this thing or or understand this. Okay, that's you know what needed that. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, I think I think men, def young men, definitely respond well to that most of the time when it's done right mm -hmm. and you know, crave it. So you know, having you know somebody who can do that, and you know, sometimes somebody that's not a parent mm -hmm. right, uh, who can just you know, lean in, speak some truth, um, sometimes correcting, sometimes just informing, you know, here's, here's stuff you need to know. Okay, cool. It's, you know, very, yeah, I, I remember that. Uh, Paul was, you know, through, you know, a lot of my life, he was kind of, you know, the, the voice on my shoulder. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure he knew that, but, uh, you know, it's okay. But, you know, how am I going to explain this to Paul? Okay. Oh no, that's <laughs> it's like uh oh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yep. that's interesting. Uh, let's just when you said um, perhaps someone who's not the parent to speak into your life to correct. Mm. What would you then? What would you, I guess, suggest to uh, someone like me, a Christian single mom? Mm. about I there are times when I realized okay my voice is not enough you know it's the mother and we sometimes think well who can speak into our kids mm. with what we're going through right now this I know it's not our voice who what would you recommend what would you suggest um I suppose I, I guess an elder maybe like what would you suggest you know I yeah I think some of that is relational so it can't just be here's some random dude coming, <laughs> no, you know, trying to have a serious talk with me. Like that's just not going to go well. Mm -hmm. That's not going to be well received. So it has to be somebody that um, has some relational credibility. And you know, I think that really speaks to the value of just being in a good church. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're in a good church, you're going to have uh, those people of different generations and speak to each other. You know, like the 20 year olds need to hear from the 40 year olds and the 60 year olds and the 15 year old needs to hear from the 22 year old and on and on. So having that around, uh, you know, is, that's the foundation, right? Mm -hmm. And then, so you, you're kind of in each other's lives. And then if, you know, somebody wants to have that conversation with one of your boys, then, you know, that credibility is already established. Right. But, you know, even, you know, even with my own son, you know, my oldest one, there's, reached a point in it with his baseball where I was like, hey, you need somebody who's not dad to coach you. Mm -hmm. right? And for him, that was, you know, 10, 10 years old. You know what? We've done this for 
a number, good number of years, but you know, you need somebody who's going to challenge you and you don't feel the freedom to say no because it's your dad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Somebody who could, who's going to you know, speak to you in a different way. And you, I'm sure you probably remember coach birdie. Yes. Uh, but you know, he was a uh, you know, stern looking dude. <laughs> right. But yeah, you know, he, he connected with his, with his players and yeah, like he did, he did wonders for Wes. And that, you know, this is just one of those things where you like, okay, this, you know, my voice has gone this far on this thing, but it needs, it needs some outside credibility and it, or just a different voice, a different perspective, but there has to be some relational credibility as well. You know, you're right about that because um, just thinking back how you have helped me, especially with my sons, I'm going to share this story where I was going through a lot with my eldest and I just felt helpless because uh, at the time his father wasn't really involved and I wanted, I wanted a Christian um, man to speak into his life. But I was also filled with a bit of pride because I thought, okay, this is my problem mm. dealing with it. I don't, really want to share it's a Jamaican thing <laughs> and I don't really want to share you know you just keep it to yourself and and then I remember you and Steve one evening after service church service Sunday night you asked to speak to me and and I thought I had no clue I didn't expect it I remember we were in one of the classrooms and the two of you just related because Steve was also from the age of 10 raised by a single mother you understood what I was going through and I guess um you could sense the emotional difficulty and I was trying to keep it together. And I remember when you said, both of you, I can't remember the exact words, but I remember you said that you would love to take the boys one Sunday afternoon, spend time with them. And I burst into tears. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> because I was never going to ask. Yeah. I just didn't want to impose. I didn't want to hear our, other men, they have their families. Um, well, at the time, Steve was uh, single or maybe dating. But I just thought, people have their lives. I don't want this to, uh, I don't want to just disrupt your family life. And, but, but when you did, it was such a relief. And they loved both of you. Oh. They would get excited to, you know, going over to the Freemans and they would be excited. And I just want to thank you for that because it is... A wonderful blessing and and it something does happen you that kind of influence is great because there's only so far I can go as the mother and and mm -hmm. I know there were just some things I wouldn't be able to tap into or understand with my son that they probably just needed to hang around other men talk to them and feel free like mother's not hovering over their shoulders yeah. Yeah. and so that I'll never forget that because it it was what they needed. It was what I needed. I'm so thankful for the Lord that that you saw that need and went ahead and just talked talked to me. So, um, with that in mind, how do, I find for the most part, and it's a bit of a generalization, but a lot of us Christian single mothers, we don't want to ask because we don't want to disrupt other people's families mm. in church, like ask. I guess, do you know how, how could we go about that? Because now I'm, I sort of encourage other Christian single mothers, you know, what church do you go to? Is it solid? Who have you talked to your elders? Mm. Is there an approach that you might suggest? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, and, and if you have no ideas, but just say, oh, just go and ask. Okay, but <laughs> we tend we tend to hesitate. Sure, and I can completely understand that. So you, I know you mentioned the, you know, just, okay, it's my problem. I want to do it myself mentality, mm-hmm. but um, I'm sure for most moms, they're also coming from the place where there's been some violation of trust. Mm, yeah, I know when, true. when you know intimate trust has been damaged, uh, it's going to be very hard to go to you know someone else and say, "Hey, I need." help with my boys or I would love your influence with my boys uh, because you know what that's that's going to be really close to a tender scar yes yeah right? and you know I think again, just for the rest of us we need to have a ton of empathy for that uh, mm-hmm. ton of to be able, you know what this is it's a hard request and this is even a hard um, thing to accept like if someone came and made the and makes the offer to you you got to you know, take a deep breath before accepting that because, okay, mm-hmm. you know, am I going to trust this guy with my kids? Yeah. So that, again, I, come, I said it a couple of times already, but that relationship aspect first, and then, you know, be, yeah, just being willing to make the request and, you know, to open up a little bit. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's a script for it, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think if you're, you know, if you're able to, you know, connect, even if you're just, you know, if there's a couple of quality, you know, single young guys in the church or guys, and you just want to start having them over to your place for lunch. Right. Right. You know, they're not going to turn down food. No, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> you go, come get some good Jamaican food. Can we eat, uh, <laughs> hang out with us for the afternoon? And then, you know, hopefully they you know, have some conversation with the kids. And then, you know, things start to build from there. And I you know there, there's well, yeah, a lot of different ways you can go about it, but it's all going to start with yeah you know, having those guys around, right? Like, yeah, you know, around at church or around for a meal, around at yeah you know, small groups, uh, you know, like our tag. Right? Mm-hmm. That was great. Yeah. That's true. Oh, yeah, that small group I, was great. Sorry to cut you off, but I just oh, it was just, a great way to there get was to so much family. laughing. Oh. Oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> Too much <laughs> laughing. So Wasn't much only laughing. supposed to be like one hour. <laughs> We'd leave three oh, hours yeah. later. How many hours later? <laughs> okay. It's like nine, ten o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> but we started at four. <laughs> exactly. No, that that yeah. When there's but, yeah, oh, yeah, there's some good times. times. Really good times, and you're right because I remember, and that sort of builds the trust and getting. Yeah, and getting to know each other because it was during a cell group that I just saw how you you were with um, especially my little stubborn one Santiago. He whenever he had a good time, he'd be miserable when it was time to leave. He'd take off, run. He wouldn't listen to me, and I remember I was sort of like, "We have to go," and he was just like, "No," and he just stood there and what? And you know, I tried to do that. I'm walking to the car. I'm getting in the car, <laughs> and he's not following. I'm like, okay, what do I do next? And I, I, you went up to him, you picked him up because I think he was about three or four at the time. And you said something in his ear. And I don't know what it was, but I just, after that, you put him down. He ran straight to me and got in the car. And I thought, what in the sorcery did he (laughs) just tell my son? (laughs) And it worked. But I saw how you used a, a form of gentleness. I'm like, okay. I was just observing. I thought, hmm, it's not always get in here, you know. <laughs> just, 
Uh, it was probably something along the line of, uh, dude, don't disrespect your mama. Mm. Uh, probably, uh, I don't think there was a lot of wizardry than that. You respect your mom, obey your mom. It worked. It worked. Yeah. Good. But yeah, just that other voice. Yes. That other voice. Yeah. How old were you uh, when you were saved? Were you a teen? Was it much older? Younger? Uh, if you'd asked me in my teen years, I would have said I was a Christian. Uh, I didn't really live like it, but mm-hmm. you know, had that, you know, that framework, that understanding from growing up in church and uh, knowing the Bible, at least, at least you know, topically. Um, but I remember uh, when... Uh, so when Paul had moved back to Toronto and had, you know, started preaching in a new church, um, you know, decided to start going there. I hadn't been to church for years, but, um, you know, went back and he was preaching through Ephesians and he's, you know, got to, it was the first time I'd heard, um, you know, preaching with real application, like actual proper exegetical preaching going mm-hmm. through, you know, verse by verse and saying, this is what it means. And this is what, but you know, how it applies to your life. And, you know, he was talking about, you know, what, what a Christian man should look like and look at my life going, hmm, that looks nothing like me. <laughs> Something needs to be done here. And so at the very least, me, so maybe I was saved before, maybe it was at that point, but it was at that point I started taking it seriously and, you know, started you know, looking at life choices and activities and decisions and priorities and mm-hmm. kind of getting those starting to get those in line with the gospel and then not not long after that um you know my girlfriend at the time got saved and then not long after that she became my fiance and then we were married that's wonderful yes i'm glad it happened in that order yes (laughs) yes okay no praise god Mm. and did you ever uh in your, you know, new, new faith, new salvation, uh, tried to share the gospel to your dad. Yes. Somewhat. Um, again, different, going through just different seasons in those years of, uh, of our relationship. Um, so I would, you know, try to try to speak truth to things mm-hmm. when the opportunity came. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, wasn't always that receptive. So right. you know, there's there's a you know certain point where you're just beating your head against the wall. It's just not conducive to good uh, you know family relationships. So you try and pick your spots and live well. And again, by you know by God's grace, uh, he was saved in his sixties. Amen. He's now been you know faithfully attending church for several years and. You know, reads voraciously. Yeah, he's more of a theologian than I am. But <laughs> Look at that, praise the Lord. Not that that's very high bar, but he's yeah, he's just constantly in the good, uh, reading good books and yes. stuff, and it's amazing. It, and it just goes to show, as long as uh, one has breath, never stop, never cease praying for our unsaved loved ones. Amen. Yeah. Amen. There was a point you had said, uh, you had told me that you lived with your dad in your teens. Were you saved at the time or not? And what was that? 
what was that experience and why did you want to to I guess live with your dad for a while and it was just you alone it wasn't your brother you just went right mm-hmm. yeah it was just me and yeah it was for three years in the middle of high school so it was yeah, grade 10 11 12 we still had grade 13 back then mm-hmm. so yeah it was um yeah the motivation is probably cloudy the, the best way to put it um you know it it was definitely at an, at an age where you're just feeling like change is necessary. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're so, uh, so 15, like 14, 15, 16, and you're just trying to see where you fit in in the world and, you know, feel like, you know, being with my dad could be a good thing. Um, was it a way to uh, feel a bit independent, even though you'd be under your father's roof, just to separate it, see... Quite possibly. I'm, I still, it's funny as you ask about that, I'm still looking back and I'm not entirely, I can't put a big real framework as to what all the motivations were. Like I know there was a lot of going on, you know, trying to decipher the teenage brain, especially you know, in retrospect. It's a, uh, it's an interesting thing, but. But there was no falling out with your mom or your brother and just that. I just. Needed- no, no, it was, um, yeah, it just felt like it would be a good thing to do. Um, and, you know, so went forward with that and, you know, with mixed results. Um, I certainly, you know, certainly didn't spend most of that time living like a Christian at all. Um, mm-hmm. Would attend church once in a while, but not with any regularity. Um, I don't think my lifestyle gave, gave any glory to God at that point. Mm-hmm. How did your mom feel about it? Did she try to dissuade you from um, moving out or? Oh, I'm sure she was, um, you know, crushed and heartbroken about it. Um, but she was, she was remarkably you know, good at never talking down about my dad. That's great. So, you know, for all, for, and for all those years, uh, we've never talked bad about him. Uh, never try to diminish him in our eyes. And so even, even at that point, like she, I, I know she didn't think it was a good idea, but um, you now she wasn't going to you know, go into all the, the laundry list of reasons why it would be bad. She, you know, supported as best she could. Um, you know, I remember her dropping off supplies for us once in a while and mm. you know, even a coffee maker, but <laughs> uh, yeah, she's was just, you know, loving and supportive and they're also yeah, as a safety net. So, you know, when things a couple of times did go badly. The door is uh, always open. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of your mom, can you share any sweet moments of you and your mom's relationship, uh, growing up, her parenting? Just mm. Yeah. So she's a, just a remarkably loving woman. Um, and just, I love to have fun. Uh, you know, we see it all the time with her grandkids now, but yeah, I mentioned earlier that, you know, even though I was in Montessori school and they're paying for me to go to Montessori school, um, she would, yeah, you know, she was like, okay, you're not going to school today. We're going to, we're going to hang out. We're going to go to the high park zoo. <laughs> and like every time we went to the zoo, the yak would like find some way to get mud all over her coat, but we still kept going back. <laughs> and, you know, we just, have those fun times together. And then, 
yeah, even from there to uh, working for her at the family business, you know, she took over from my grandfather and, you know, worked with her for many years there. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm losing track of the question now, just thinking about well, you know, yeah, different, like, different good memories. And uh, yeah, she was, yeah. So again, mom of two boys. Um, so she's like, okay, went and got herself a baseball glove. And she's like, wait, you, you boys got to teach me how to play catch. You <laughs> do this. And yeah, so she was just, she was just all in on being a part of what we were doing and you know, supporting us and welcome to different things. No, oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, it's when you were working never, with her, the, oh, sorry, go never ahead. Any, uh, just never any doubt of her, you know, her love, her care, her acceptance, her you know, desire for our good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was never in question. Do you, um, when you were working at the flower shop uh, with your mom, what role did you have? Uh, <laughs> and how old were you? How old, like the young, like the early, when did you start? You were about, oh, uh, well, I mean, I started there about the time I could stand. Ah, sweet. So, yeah, you got to move through different stages. So you get to a point where you know, you're, you're running buckets back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, granddad uh, have us make boxes. So we'd like take you know, old cardboard and you know cut it and shape it into boxes that they could use for delivery. And you get paid like a nickel a box. Mm-hmm. You pretty quickly figure out that you know the more you work, the more you get paid. <laughs> Math. Work, work harder, work faster, get more money. Yeah. This is a, you know, it was a good life lesson. Um, then, you know, turn 16, get a driver's license. Congratulations, you're the Saturday driver now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And then, you know, from there, I can remember, you know, kind of being, you know, doing stuff like in the back half of the shop and being a driver. But I you know, come around here on the phone ringing and ringing in the office. I'm like, all right, no one's answering that. I'll answer that. So then that was kind of my gateway into um, office, office role, uh, you know, answering phones, doing sales, um, couldn't design worth a lick, fifth generation florist. And, you know, it was just yeah, absolutely atrocious at it. So uh, I had to be useful with accounting, marketing, tech. And, yeah. It's that amazing was- all the skills from, from working at the flower shop. Mm-hmm. You've, touched, you've touched almost different industries, sales, uh, <laughs> blue collar work, like all that stuff. I'm like that's yeah. that's excellent. And, and that's then, what it takes to, to keep a small business going. Yeah, yeah. Got going on. Oh, Never yeah. got into the refrigeration side though. That's a whole other field that yeah I didn't want to touch. But <laughs> and from what you've learned um, from your mother, what are some of the things that you've wanted to intentionally pass on to your children yeah so she again amazing ability to see and assume the best in people right so you know doesn't matter who the person is or what their backstory is um she's going to assume the best of them and want the best for them and want to help them until drastically and dramatically proven otherwise mm-hmm. and you know it's so yeah, you know, it's so common and so you know trendy right now to be cynical about everything. Yeah, right. And you know to have somebody who is just so consistently. Uh, you know, sometimes we you know, we want to caution her, like, okay, this is not the time for that attitude. But she's just, just that's just so uh, how she's wired. You know, no, that's that, that, that assumes good, wants wants the best, wants to help. That's wonderful, and I'll be honest, that's that can be hard especially um, 
I I can be cynical sometimes, I'll confess. And and sure. and when you're sort of raising your kids on your own or you have very little support, it's it's really it's you have to bring it to the Lord because you don't want to be hardened. And I know my sons are observant. And and just like what uh, what your mother did, I would never, no matter how hard it was, um, communicating with uh, their fathers, I would I would always make sure this is not their problem, and I will never have them. I will never say anything bad about their dad. And yeah, it's it's you know. I would encourage a relationship with their father, mm-hmm. even if it was one-sided, even if, you know, I didn't, it, sometimes the heart may get angry, get bitter, and it escapes from your lips. And so I always sort of encouraged um, my friends who are Christian single mothers, resist the temptation to, yeah, let it slip and just, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. 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 Kids will figure it out. Yes. And they'll see some inconsistency like, oh, okay, I know that. But I want them to always know that never once did I say anything bad about their father. Mm-hmm. There might become a, come a point where they're going to ask and say, okay, this is what happened. This is the truth. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And there's ways to present that without, um, yeah, without it being in anger or, yeah. With vitriol, right? You can just say right. these are facts. This is what it's how things went down. This is what yeah, you know, the sequence of events, and mm-hmm. and leave it with them. Yes, yes. Um, you know that's true. Yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just sort of rethinking things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you and and your brother, and honestly, your brother would have to speak to that. But I know at one point, um my older son was just sort of like what happened what went wrong and he was a little bit upset with me now he never took it out in a way that was really disrespectful but I would see sometimes he wouldn't listen to me as much and and I think it was because he's longing for his dad I don't know if that ever if if he ever had those moments growing up that there was a bit of oh I'm sure and yeah, because of so that, much. like I, I know, like kids will yeah. be disrespectful, you know, kind of rude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, but there's, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think you know, we're we're all, I mean, you know, we're all created in God's image. We're created with you know His ideal creation order in mind. Mm-hmm. And you see, like right from creation, the family is so central. Yeah, and you know, as Al Mohler likes to say, it's pre-political, right? It's, <laughs> here's you know. God makes people the family, and then society builds out from that. Mm-hmm. And you know, when with anything, you know, family or otherwise, when you know, just through the course of life or whatever circumstance, you know, we deviate from God's ideal, there's going to be that grating in our hearts. Yeah, right? there's going to be that friction. There's going to be that sense that you know this is not what it should be. And, you know, we get, we get enough of that just living in this world, right? I mean, you could have a great family, but you're still living in a world where you're like, okay, this is not how it should be. This is not how things were created to be. And, you know, when you're, when you're young and you don't necessarily have you know, the vocabulary or the means to express that, but you get that tension yeah. of, hey, this is just, this situation is not right and i don't even know why it's not right i don't i can just feel that it's not yeah the way things are supposed to be and you know 
my heart, my character longs for that. <clears throat> and now that I've got frustration and guess who gets to wear that? Because I'm young and mom's the main person in my life. Right. Right. And, you know, mom, mom's going to gonna wear most of what I'm feeling about anything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, something that's kind of that deep in the heart. Yeah. You know, she's going to bear the brunt of it. And I say that definitely happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. no. <laughs> it's probably you know, the fact that I'm still alive today that I made it through <laughs> some of those years. Is, yeah. Great, great testimony to you know her character and mm-hmm. uh, her faith. But um, yeah, you know, you just, you, know, you see, yeah, just it, big picture sin, right? Not even yeah. their family, but just the existence of sin, the, the fall uh, what is done to creation and just that that friction that we feel all through life. And then when it's something so central, like, mm-hmm. you know, parents in a family and yeah, that there's going to be, uh, there's be a sense of, um, you know, this is just not right. And then getting kids to the point of maturity and just you know, vocabulary and then biblical fluency to mm-hmm. uh, kind of understand and dialogue about those things and, you know, be able to say, okay, my heart is angry or frustrated or just, Argh! but yeah, I can, I can put some words to that. And right. And that's, you know, it's a process and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of, you know, be a lot of patience and I'm sure just a lot of, uh, you know, going to God on the regular and yeah, give me strength the next five minutes. Give me, yeah. uh, give me words to say or to not say, um, you know, sometimes the hug is better than an answer. Mm-hmm. Right? Sometimes just uh, some space after venting. Yes. Uh, no, that's true. My mom used to tell me, I'm going to buy you a pair of knee pads. I'm like, knee pads. She, she said, because you'll be in prayer <laughs> for a long time with these boys. <laughs> yes, but I, and your story and just in what you've shared with us is, is so wonderful because A, just how your mother raised the, uh, you and your brother mm. um, and seeing that and the Lord's goodness and all that, that you, both you and your brother are saved. In fact, you're, your brother went into ministry and, and now seeing years later, your father uh, getting saved. Yeah. We can never assume how the Lord will work and hearing stories like this is brings, brings me so much hope because I know it's, it's, it's the desire for any parent, single or not um, yeah. to see your children saved. And, Absolutely. And your story, I hope has been encouraging to uh, the listeners out here. Um, because sometimes we can, we might uh, really get a, a bit depressed and, and maybe like, woe is me. But mm-hmm. if we give it to God and be faithful in, in how we raise our our children and and knowing that there's a community, like you just advise, like go out, um, talk to your elders, talk to the, the young men, invite them over, like... Mm-hmm. We're not necess- this is the situation that, that I'm in, you know, but it's yeah. it doesn't mean that the Lord cannot use it for his good. In fact, he will. He, Absolutely. He will. And and praise the Lord 
for who he is and <laughs> praise the Lord for you and and your mother, what she has done, you know, and Amen. whole family is is such a great testimony and is so encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, before we wrap this up, I love the fact that uh, there's this family business and I love entrepreneurship and and I'm trying to encourage my sons like this is the way to go, you know. If this is you know, <laughs> this is where the Lord wants you to, this just yeah, it's great. Can I, I love to shout out uh, the businesses of my of my dear friends. And uh, can you tell us more about your business? Sure. So a business oh. is called Strider, named after the character from Lord of the Rings. And I picked that name because uh, at the point in the story where he's known as Strider, um, you have Aragorn leading these hobbits through the wilderness, and they're clueless and they're helpless. Uh, but they're, you know, there's such good natured, like everybody loves hobbits, but they're you know, <laughs> in the wilderness, you know, otherwise it's just not their element. But here is this guide, this protector who you know, knows the dangers, knows the territory and can lead them through. And, you know, our company exists to serve primarily small businesses. Um, you know, I grew up in small business, love small business. Um, we work with uh, nonprofits as well. And mm-hmm. when it comes to online marketing, and it really is a bit of a wilderness and you know, where if you don't know the landscape, right. um, you, know, you can get, get in a bad way, um, either just losing some money on bad ideas or making some mistakes. But if you have a good guide, um, it can be really successful, really profitable. And, you know, I just love being a part of uh, the success stories of all these different businesses and mm-hmm. you know, people who've got great ideas or a great product or you know, a great service that they belong be able to you know what? We were a little part of helping them really take off or, or you know, go to that next level. And that's what we do, whether it's websites, search optimization, uh, different types of online marketing, online advertising. Um, you know, we try to really tailor it to everybody. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the solution for this person is not the solution for that one. And we want to find that best fit. No, that's for- great. And I think I, I'm a lot of uh, single mothers have been because they want to spend more time with their children. Some are homeschooling, like I homeschool my youngest, that the direction of being self-employed, maybe having a website or things like that. This yeah. is, it's, I hope they'll, they'll reach out to you. How can they get a hold of you if um, they want to have some questions? And Yeah, so you can, uh, easiest way is go to striderseo.com. Right, there's a page there where you can book an appointment on my calendar. You can text us if that's easier for you. Um, you know, if you're old school and want to pick up the phone or have a phone call, we can do that too. On a uh, landline. <laughs> oh. <Ooh. laughs> yeah. Do you own a landline still? Just slightly off topic. Do you still have a landline? No. no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue and um, phone call. Uh, and- yeah. Phone call, email, fill out a form, text. Uh, book an appointment on my calendar. Um, yeah, I really encourage people go like if you want to chat. Um, you know, I love talking to people. I love talking to business owners. Even if we don't wind up working together, let's mm-hmm. have a conversation. Um, use that calendar link. Uh, book a conversation. We'll chat and see where it goes. And you have and you have clients worldwide, so it's not just limited to oh, yeah. Canada. So just yeah. so people know that. And finally, what advice would you give Christian single mothers? from the point of the view of the sun to keep in mind or something to encourage them or, or thoughts they've never thought about in regards to their sons. Yeah. I would say, you know, 
don't be afraid to ask questions. Uh, you know, try to get to know what's on their heart. And yeah, you challenge them with things. You know, boys, young men tend to respond well to a challenge mm -hmm. uh, uh, in, in the right degrees, but you know, give them opportunity to try and fail and try again or try something else. But um, yeah, don't, don't be content with comfort or mediocrity. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, push them a bit and, you know, and talk about it. And so you'll be. Yeah, being an encourager throughout. So whether it's, yeah, like physical activity, sports, okay. school, um, you know, different ideas. Yeah, ideas, learning skills. I mean, mm -hmm. if they want to take up photography, great. I encourage them through that. If they want, if they want to get into, you know, video or editing or coding or athletics, um, avoid football. You know, nobody, nobody needs a CTE. That's not fun. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of, there's lots of sports options. Uh, you know, Team stuff is great, especially if they're, you know, yeah, if you're looking for a little bit more of a kind of masculine influence, um, you know, the right kind of team environment. Um, I'm not talking about all, you know, the nasty, toxic stuff, but, mm -hmm. you know, being around other boys, competing at practice, competing in a game, you know, learning to give your best effort and then take your effort up a notch. Those are just great things. Yeah. No, I do. That's one thing I love being a mother of boys. Mm -hmm. I like seeing that boy energy, that masculine energy when they're with their friends. They're just yeah. sort of the bantering, the wrestling, the chasing each other, climbing up the trees. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, even like the ribbing. Sometimes boys are, they can be so hilarious. I'm like, let me write that burn down. That was a good one. <laughs> you know? Oh, you just you just reminded me of uh, from you know, way back in the day at the GFC hotel, uh, <laughs> right? Having you know, some... oh, for those sorry for those who don't know the GFC hotel, that was sort of like where young single men we were roommates. They would um, yeah, yeah. just basement yeah. apartment, You're basement the apartment. That's it. Yeah, it's with a rotating cast of characters. close to the church. <laughs> but it was so there was some get together there, and yeah, we were there with yeah. yeah bunch of people that uh they had one of those big yoga balls mm -hmm. and you know, i just remember looking out at one point and there's my you know, little guy wes and emil one on each side of the ball and they're both just trying to push the ball over the other one and <laughs> back and forth and yeah you know, wes has got at that point he had a little sister but didn't have a little brother yet um he had girl cousins and he's like okay this is a chance to like okay i can, I can give full effort. I can like respond to a challenge and not have to worry about hurting a younger girl. I, right. this, is, this is a dude my age. Let's just go. And you know, Neil's having a blast and they're pushing their back and forth. And like, this is just boys having fun. And it was awesome. So he's reminded. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so who won? <laughs> I, don't even remember. I don't know if anybody won, but you know, I think they both won because they were, uh, got a chance to just uh, flex for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Love those stories. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ryan, for uh, this conversation. I really enjoyed it. And it's really uplifted my spirit. Not that I was feeling down before it, but it just it's just um, warms my heart. Thank you so much, Ryan, for uh, sharing your story and um, your wisdom. I, I love and appreciate you and your family. And thank you again for walking alongside me and my boys in in this life. <laughs> and um, I'm hoping, yeah, I'd love to have you on again for 
I'll think of another topic, maybe dating or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, and I just, and I hope everyone has been encouraged by your story and just, it fills me with hope. And I thank the Lord for you. I thank the Lord for what he's doing in your life and your family's life. And I thank the Lord for what he's doing in my life, the ups and downs and just the iron sharpens iron and just growing and trusting in him, even when I you know, fall many times or fail many times in my parenting, <laughs> but God has been faithful. And, and when I forget, sometimes I have to look back at where I was and where I am now and Amen. glory to God. Thank you again. This was, this has been great. I loved it. Well, thank you. And now thank you for your friendship as well. I can't yet tell you how much joy, how many laughs uh, you brought to our family. I've been such a blessing all these years. It's funny. I think you, you mentioned what, 12 years we've known each other, but it feels like forever. But you know, this feels like, yeah, you've just always been a part of the family. Yes. Yes. It's been great. And I gotta, I gotta see Janice cause it's been a while. I haven't had my, what I like to call peanut butter crack. Which is peanut butter balls dipped in chocolate called, um, what's the real word? I call it crack. The Buckeyes. Buckeyes. Yes. You might be out of luck for this year. You might be waiting to December now. Well, I'm trying to find a sugar free Yeah. (laughs) Remember that time uh, when we had the New Year's thing? And I said, I'm so addicted to it. I said, anytime I want to eat one, I'll just put it away. Because then I took home like a dozen. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, what do you do? I said, I don't want to overeat, so I'm going to, this is, I want to eat it, so I'll just put it away. So I kept, anytime I wanted to eat it, I just that put it was away. remarkable. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, it's midnight, I'm out. <laughs> going to watch a movie and scarf down his Buckeyes. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Enjoy the rest of your day, Ryan. Thank you. And thank you for doing this podcast as well. I'm sure this is going to be a blessing to so many moms. I hope so. And so I just pray that uh, you know, God amplifies this and is glorified through it. Amen. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Raising Poets and Pirates and that it encouraged you and was a blessing. If you like this kind of content and more, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Furthermore, if you have any questions or comments on today's episode or suggestions for future episodes, send me an email at hello at raisingpoetsandpirates.com. Also, don't forget to sign up for my newsletter to get notifications on the next episode, as well as exclusive information. Just go to raisingpoetsandpirates.com. Until next time, thank you and God bless.